0: There's something about anal penetration where you as a receiver have to really be able to surrender in a different way than in any other activity, I feel like.
1: Oh my. This is part two of my conversation with Fia Summer. And we talk about the intimacy around receiving anal penetration, what it means to open up fully and to surrender, how to view sex as a spiritual practice, how to bring ritual into your sex life, sex as a healing balm on some of our wounds and how Fia's sex life improved since she shifted away from watching pornography. My name is Sean Galinas and this is The Love Drive. When you're fully open, you're fully open. There's no there's no block. Yeah. Which means you're not violating a boundary.
0: Yes. And I think in that space of full openness, which is created by uh, a loving container where you feel mm. super safe, a lot of like groundwork kind of like the relation like work in your relationship, feeling safe. Uh, feeling sexually safe, having talked about things, um, get, getting your body opened up, and all of this, then you can you can tap into a space where you are fully open, and where so many things can be done to you, or like where you can you can practice sexual activities that are actually quite intense, and it feels so orgasmic. Mm. Whereas these activities are often shown in porn after 10 minutes of relating,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. relating. You didn't even use the word foreplay. Just orbiting each other and then full anal penetration. How is that even possible? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's a lack of intimacy in pornography.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You don't see just how beautiful making love can be
0: for mm-hmm.
1: having sex you don't see it and you're right generally speaking to fully open up it requires intimacy and trust yeah vulnerability and that stuff doesn't happen in one encounter generally it happens over time and you slowly yeah. open up to your partner and then of course like opening up becomes easier because you already have laid the groundwork, yeah. you know that there's trust. You know that there's intimacy, and you can drop into that space a lot easier.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, mm-hmm. when you're open, you can you can do activities that might seem more intense, and you can receive them. You can receive that intensity yes. because it's it's like wrapped in love and intimacy and respect and trust. I think trust is really is pretty key here.
0: Yeah that's that's what I tried to do, to <laughs> say like that I I find myself doing activities now that are intense as you say and that I earlier did as well but they felt horrible mm. and I just felt like I had to do them but it didn't give me pleasure and I thought back then I thought this will never be able to give me pleasure it's actually just there for the man yeah whereas now i can actually feel that if the if we spend enough time to create a space that is nice it can feel really good but there's a lot of groundwork to do to get there
1: oh, yeah i'm thinking about anal sex that's like the thing that keeps coming me up me too yeah. <laughs> yeah. nice <laughs> uh, that can be super super traumatic for a lot of people and, and probably is because of the way it was approached earlier on in life in earlier experiences yeah and anal sex with the right amount of love and intention and intimacy and respect and trust that we're talking about can be extremely slowness. Oh, slowness yeah 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 <laughs> super important yeah, yeah and You know, I keep thinking about, you know, what you said about being fully open and how you can receive. You can receive when you're fully open Mm -hmm. in a way that feels really, really good that you might not have ever thought that you could receive.
0: It's also a big practice in surrendering Mm. into deeper layers somehow. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. This is beautiful. I like this direction that we're heading in. (laughs) (laughs) There's something, you know, there's really, I have a hard time thinking of something more intimate than receiving anal penetration.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It can truly be a, a really, really loving act. And mm-hmm. so pleasurable. <laughs> yeah. Also very pleasurable.
2: Yeah.
1: For some people.
2: Mm. Eventually. Mm
1: -hmm. and you know caveat it's not for everybody true some people will just never never want that sensation and that's totally fine
0: yeah Yeah, but there's something about like anal penetration where you as a receiver have to really be able to surrender Mm. like in a different way than in any other activity i feel like what does that take for
1: you? Or, or or rather what does that look like? Surrendering? Yeah.
0: Um yeah, building like this groundwork kind of like a like a frame with that person before being able to at all step into that space where I can surrender like that. Mm. And that takes a lot of different things. It takes a lot of communication talking about sex and about things that can come up, and about um, yeah how how the sexual space should be like, and feeling trust and I guess having like tapping into a sexual space a few times before tapping into anal sex, I guess for me, yeah, yeah. And really feeling safe in that space, like being able to communicate boundaries, being able to redirect, being able to say, hey, I need it slower or can we do this instead or whatever, all these interactions. And when I feel met in those and held in those, I can surrender more and more.
1: Hmm. You mentioned... You know, a key word that I I always perk up on, which is talking about sex. Yeah. And I don't think that you should be having sex if you can't talk about sex. True. That means that a lot of people shouldn't be having sex.
0: Yes. I was just thinking the same.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. Or fortunately. Yes. It's like the adult thing to do is to dare to have these conversations. Yeah. Because for me, transparency equals safety. So much. Safety is required for arousal for the most part. Mm-hmm. You have to feel safe, right? If you, you can't surrender and open up fully unless you feel safe. Yeah. Because you have to know that you're not going to get hurt.
0: Yeah. And you have to know like that that when you communicate that it's being heard and being received and like, I oftentimes feel like when I tap into this sexual space with someone that, that I really spend some time on just like, uh, feeling, how does it feel like to say no to this person and how does he or she react to it? And how does it feel to ask for what I want or, you know, to kind of slowly taking steps in a direction where I start understanding the connection that we have and the communication around it and feeling safe in communicating.
1: How do they receive? How do they receive my requests? Is it reciprocated?
0: What does reciprocated mean?
1: Oh, it, um, <laughs> is there like an equal disclosure?
2: mm mm-hmm.
1: Right? Yeah. Are you meeting me sort of halfway? Yeah. Are you willing to show the, the same type of vulnerability that I'm willing to show? hmm What a beautiful practice.
0: Yes, very much.
1: Which we don't see in pornography.
0: Not at all. I feel like what we see in pornography doesn't really have... Like, does not at all set a groundwork to have sex. Like... <laughs> Pornography shouldn't be sexual education, which it is in way too many people's lives and in way too many young people's lives. Yeah. What
1: does sex ed look like in Denmark?
0: I don't know how it looks like now. I can only talk about my own uh, experience with it. And that was maybe two hours (laughs) in school in total um about like we learned to put a condom on a banana you too (laughs) yes
1: (laughs) it's the only time i've ever had to do that i've never had to put a condom on a banana ever since (laughs) yeah important skill (laughs) i've got it i've got if i ever meet a banana that needs a condom i know what to do (laughs) you know what to do
0: (laughs) yeah and you know you learn i feel like i learned about you know How to not get pregnant and how to not get, like, um, sexual transmitted disorders. Yeah, infections. Yeah, infections, exactly.
1: Step one, get a banana. Yes. (laughs) That's step one in a lot of sex ed programs these days, I think, still. Yeah. Get a banana.
0: I remember the first time I was in a situation where he wanted to do something that I was not ready to do. Yeah, And I did not know that that situation could occur. Like I was in that situation and I didn't know that it could happen. I was totally, I felt totally freaked out because I had never heard about it. You know, I had no idea this could occur and I had no clue what to do. Like, so you learn about the, practical stuff around sex but you don't learn about any of the emotional things or like situations that can come up and what to do and how to communicate and how to feel your own border like where's your own limits and how to communicate those and what to do when they get overstepped and mm-hmm. like uh, there's so much missing
1: Yeah, all that stuff has to get you have to experience in real time.
2: Mhm
1: without any idea of how you're going to deal with it appropriately.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, we don't talk about emotions ever. Mm -mm. No, we're just supposed to figure it out. And our parents are supposed to do a good job at teaching us that stuff. And how can they, if they never got
0: it from their parents either. Mm -hmm. And also like sex has been such a taboo to talk about. Like it still is for many people but I think we're starting to get there like us making this podcast it's a good step <laughs> for people to start talk about themes that are that has been like private before yeah yeah.
1: we're doing our part yes <laughs> how will you continue to do your part
0: mm, what do you mean
1: well What does your path look like in terms of like educating folks on this stuff and continue to talk about what is taboo?
0: I'm talking a lot with the younger people like, um, and to them. So I'm doing online talks and I'm going to start doing a podcast as well. Mm. It is all in Danish.
2: (laughs) Yes. Great.
0: Um, yeah. Um, I, sometimes hold talks on schools about this stuff and I love to do that. Um hmm. yeah. And in, in general I'm just sharing my story and my experiences a lot. Like I use myself and my yeah, my my own story a lot. I love to that. talk up about these things. Yes.
1: I wish <laughs> I could I wish I could connect with your message more but i don't speak danish
0: no uh, a lot of people don't speak danish <laughs> right,
1: how many how many people live in denmark
0: oh my god don't ask me this question okay. the podcast. <laughs> i should know
1: i'll edit i'll edit this question out five million maybe okay hold on i'm looking it up <laughs> hey, 5.7 million. Good job. Really. Yeah. Whew. Nice work. So closer to 6, but yeah, good job. Yeah. Wow, that was stressful, huh?
0: <laughs> A little bit, but also mostly funny. I'm okay with not knowing stuff like that. You yeah. can Google it. Yeah.
1: How um how has your sex life improved in the last couple of years?
0: Like insanely. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It went from being, yeah, being like caught in the script that I learned from pornography, and um, and thinking so much about how I look like, in what position my belly looks more flat, in what position my ass looks better, and thinking about how I sound like, and. That I should sound in a certain way. Like all the noise that I'm, all the sounds that I made during sex didn't come from me. It came from some idea about how I should sound like as a Mm. woman when being penetrated or when receiving oral sex. Um, So I was so caught up in all these ideas about how, yes, it should be like, sound like, look like. Um, and what I should do to the man and now I feel super free like I feel like sex has become this space where I can just be and experience and connect on a deeper level to both myself and my partner and sometimes even like I feel like it's a very spiritual practice so I feel Hmm. like I connect with something more than than that
1: oh yeah yeah I absolutely see sex as a spiritual practice yes and my partner and I like to create sort of a ritual ceremony space Mm
0: -hmm.
1: before we have sex Mm
0: -hmm. how do you do that Uh,
1: there's all the practical stuff you know like we often make a nest on the ground, not on the bed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have a pickup truck that I camp in. Mm-hmm. So I have these like a uh, foam mattress that goes in the back. So I bring that into the house
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then, you know, lights down low, lots of candles, dimmers everywhere. So like a real dim environment, but where you could still see, we can still see each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Incense, music, Really like soft, loving, often piano, non-vocal yeah. type music, and then we usually set an intention. You know, like what kind of what kind of night do we want to spend together? Like what kind of time do we want to have? What do we want to do?
2: <laughs>
1: Sometimes we'll we'll do desires, fears, and boundaries. Where we'll just talk about what we want, what we're scared of, and what what we don't want. Sometimes we'll do a heart-to-heart where we just kind of share one way of sharing how we're feeling. Um, oftentimes sitting, you know, cross-legged in front of each other in some various forms of undress. Circular breathing, eye-gazing, all that kind of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And just create like it's a really, beautiful, yeah, totally. Yeah, be really beautiful, loving environment. Um, usually three hours or so. That seems to be Mm -hmm. like the the norm these
2: days.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I get it. We don't have kids. Things are different when you have kids.
2: Oh, yeah. I don't have have kids either.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A lot of parents are like, well, you know, we used to do that, but we got kids now, so we'll squeeze a 30 minutes in, which is great. It's fine. Yeah. Um, We have the privilege of having more time. But like that, for us, lovemaking is the activity, right? There's there's nothing else that's more important than that. Mm Mm-hmm that's the main activity of like the evening or the day, whatever. Yes. Um, it's not like, Oh, we'll go, you know, to a show and then we'll have sex. Like we'll just have sex.
0: Yes. And it's been like that for a <laughs> while now. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it is spiritual and it's, it deeply, deeply, deeply healing. Oftentimes a lot of emotion comes up.
0: Yes. And that's, I think is another point. Like, that the sexual space or this intimate space that you tap into can hold not only pleasure and not only joy but also like trauma healing, uh, deep things coming up, uh, all of this, and that's Absolutely. that's something I was never taught, and that's also obviously something you do not see in porn, right? And I spend a lot of time like educating sexual partners around this if they don't know like i talk to them like things can come up how to deal with it and like that i need the sexual space to be a space where where we can be with anything that comes up yeah and we don't have to overrule it because you know we're having sex so we have to feel joy and pleasure but it's okay to be with everything
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, personally speaking, I haven't looked at pornography in a long time. Well, long time, probably, probably over a year.
0: Yeah,
1: could be. A, that's an extremely long time for some people, and not that long for others. Um, I do read a little bit of erotic literature every now and then, mm-hmm. but I just don't want to look at pornography anymore. It doesn't feel authentic, even though there's like a ton of really beautiful loving feminist porn. I don't actually know where it is. I haven't really watched too much of it, but I know it's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I have these, sometimes guys talk to me about the fact that they no longer desire having sex with their partner. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I just don't feel like it anymore. And I go, oh, okay. Are you looking at pornography? And they go, yeah, like every day. Yeah. And my suggestion to them is always like, well, you know what? what would happen? I'm curious to see what would happen if you stopped looking at porn and they're like, what, why would I do that? Yeah. And it's like, well, you, you're not having sex with your partner anymore and you're prioritizing videos of strangers having probably extreme sex as your way of getting off rather than connecting with the person that like loves you. Yeah. And is available and wants to be intimate with you. Like, do you not see the correlation? Yeah. And just logistically speaking, if you don't masturbate to pornography, you're most likely going to be more excited to have sex with your partner.
0: Uh, yeah, for like, <laughs> sure.
1: Just like, think about it for a second. If you can't eat junk food, you're going to be hungry come dinner time. <laughs> like that's very true for the most part and it doesn't mean that you know if there are problems with your relationship you'll still have to solve those problems mm-hmm. but if you remove pornography and masturbating to pornography then you're left with less outlets for sexual release
0: yes and i think like for my part as, at least i have experienced earlier on in my life that watching pornography is a kind of way to like it happened a lot in times when i didn't feel good in my life so i would watch pornography and like get off to it a lot because it makes you feel like it makes you not feel i guess
1: i absolutely for most of my life used pornography to change the way i feel Yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up. Like if I was working on something difficult and I or I didn't like the result of something or I was just having a hard time or I was sad, I would change that by looking at pornography. Yeah. And masturbating. And now when I masturbate, I just like masturbate and I enjoy the process of masturbating without digital imagery. Yeah. Like I just feel the sensations. What does it feel There's, like when I do this?
0: Yes. And from, for my part, it's also been a journey in like, how do I masturbate? And what is my goal with that? Like, mm. you know, I can go for two minutes on, like, <laughs> I can, I can touch myself for two minutes on my clit and I can have this very fast orgasm and that's it. Or I can experience something deeper with myself. Mm and and that's also like it's this it's this it's this fast food kind of thought like fast sex fast porn fast masturbation it's all it all it you know it can feel good for that one second but the other shit is way deeper and has way more quality Mm. and brings me more life quality Mm. to actually go deep with it yeah
1: And it gives you more options. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Fast is cool if that's what you want. Mm -hmm. Slow is cool too. Or something in the middle is great.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Playing with your butthole is great. Yes. (laughs) Try it, people, sometimes.
2: Yes. There's (laughs) There's a
1: ton of nerve endings there. Yeah. I just got a glass wand from uh, euphemia russell it's either russell or russell's i forget who has instagram account sex i wish you knew and it's all about slow sex and the glass wand i use for prostate stimulation and it is so fun it is so different it's such a different sensation Mm -hmm. than just you know a quick penile stimulation It's so much deeper and like slower and more subtle, but it teaches me to like tune in and be way more aware of this and the the more subtle faint sensations that can also be super pleasurable.
0: Yes. And I think tapping into that with yourself makes you also more able to tap into it with a partner. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be able to be intimate and sensual with yourself to be able to be, Truly intimate and sensual with a partner.
2: Yeah.
1: We want to have anal sex, but not until she discovers that sort of sensation for herself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's step one.
2: Yeah.
1: Explore your own sensation, your own body, what feels good to you. Then you can, then you can have a better idea of what, what it might feel like with somebody else. I think we've done a good job here.
0: hmm
1: <laughs> I feel complete.
0: Me too.
1: I mean, we could go on forever, by the way. For sure. <laughs> yeah. no, I don't feel complete, complete, but I feel complete for, for this go-round.
2: hmm
1: Final question. hmm What does love mean to you? Ooh, that's
0: deep. Mm. Um, Or it can be. Uh love to me means mm. Oh wow, it can mean so many things. I think for me, love is a, a feeling that's all around and inside of me. Mm. And when I tap into love, I I experience life to its fullest because I don't choose or I I don't live out of fear. Um, And romantic love with someone means deepening connection to myself and to the world and the people around me. Nice. Yeah, and evolving spiritually.
1: Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Actually, that was the last question. The second to last question, which I'll ask out of order, was where can we find you?
0: You can find me in Copenhagen.
2: Nice. <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> and if you're not here, you can find me on Instagram, Dot summer with an O.
2: Fia, F-I-E.
0: Dot summer. With S O
1: yes. M M E R.
0: Yes. And I'm trying to uh, create English speaking content as well. So a lot of my posts are written in English. And in that way, you can connect with me and the things I do. Um, yeah.
1: And if we're lucky, we could find you skinny dipping somewhere in Copenhagen. What? If we're lucky, we could find you skinny dipping somewhere in Copenhagen in really yes. in really cold water.
0: <laughs> I was just about to say that. You can probably find me in Copenhagen at the beach in the water <laughs> all year round. Yes.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: Mm-hmm. Very much.
1: And a delight. All right, lovebirds, thank you for spending this shortened period of time with Fia and myself. I don't know if I'm going to keep the two-part episode situation. If you love it, let me know. If you hate it, let me know. If you have no opinions on it and you just want to say hi, do so. Sean at thelovedrive.com. And as always, have a beautiful week.